Let's doing episode number 73, Ben Greenfield and Double Dads. And welcome back. This is a sort of a special episode, actually, because the uh, it's not an interview today. Ben Greenfield and I recorded this special podcast, which is on my podcast and on his, because he and I are launching a new online course this week called Double Dads: The Twin Guides, Twin Dads Guide to Raising Healthy and Smart Twins. Uh, he and I have been working on this for about three months now, and it is uh, really cool. We we basically we did these videos and audio files and transcripts of how to have smarter kids, healthier kids, how to stay healthy and fit yourself while dealing with kids, uh, being more productive and socially enhancing your children. All, all this stuff that we, we sort of just pulled on knowledge and put this really, really great course together. And if you watch to the end of the interview, we actually have a promo code for everybody to use. And that course is launching this week. So by the time this podcast comes out, that course will be up on Udemy and you will be on your way to... Uh, socially enhancing your kids. <laughs> so uh, great. That'll be really cool. Yeah. Only that it's not a video. It's just the audio, right? Right, right. Sorry. Oh, actually, yeah. though, we did post a video on YouTube. Oh, so cool. on, okay, Ben's green, on Ben's channel and on my channel, the video is there too. If you want to see Ben wearing blue blocking sunglasses while sitting in the back of his mom's coffee shop in, uh, I think it was Iowa, and me in my less doing lab. So <laughs> awesome. All right. Okay, should we go to the review? Sure. Okay, so first, well, the review we got today is from Jared Sagez. Uh, very insightful, and I found new things to make my life more efficient right away. I've spent lots of time trying to reduce stress and be more productive, and this book delivers. Biggest help for me was all the new apps and technology um, that all the books I've read cannot compare to. Great guide for current times. Great. Thanks very much, Jared. Yeah, awesome. And thanks. Thank you, Jared. And also, of course, you know, if you hear that review, please get in touch with us and send us your mailing address and you will get a crisp, clean, less doing t-shirt sent your way. Thanks to the people at Zazzle. So cool. Appreciate it, Jared. Cool. Okay. So do you want to do the, um, should we go to the question or do we want to do some links? Yeah, first? no, let's do the question. It's a very, very relevant one to today's topic. So Okay, so here is, this is a question from Michael, Mike. Um, here we go. Hi, Ari. My name is Mike, and uh, I have a question for you. First of all, I'm a big fan, um, and I know you have uh, three young kids, and I have a two-year-old boy, and I was wondering what you feed them. Um, my boy doesn't eat a lot of different foods, uh, but I am lucky he, he loves uh, the smoothies slash green drinks slash protein drinks uh, <laughs> I give them. I put all kinds of good stuff in there. And I was just wondering um, what your kids eat and how do you get them to try new things? Because he, he just says no <laughs> for a lot of stuff. Anyway, anything you have, uh, any advice, uh, would be greatly appreciated. Again, I'm a huge fan of the show, and you've made my life so much better, not just getting more done, but choosing what to do, and more importantly, what not to do. Anyway, thanks again. Take care. Okay. 
So that's a great question. And of course, that is totally relevant to what Ben and I were talking about or what we are going to talk about in the interview at the end of the show and then the Double Dads course. So this is a question that I could kind of go on and on about for quite a while. But uh, I'll, try to, I'll try to keep this brief and sort of summarize. Basically, one of the most important things that I've found in terms of help feeding the kids is, is good fats. And uh, people in general don't tend to get enough good fats. And just to recap, you know, good fats, we're talking about things like uh, avocado, olive oil, wild-caught fish, and that's the toughest one, honestly, uh, grass-fed meat, pastured egg yolks, all of that stuff is so good for a growing brain. Actually, walnuts are a really good one too. Uh, all of those things are really, really good for that growing brain, for the for cellular development, for everything that they sort of need to create a tiny little superhuman. And avocado is one of the easiest ones, honestly. So avocado is very creamy and it's delicious and you can add it in as a base to so many things. Uh, there's actually a brand that I'm I'm blanking on, but we'll put it in the show notes that makes an an avocado lime uh, and some other some some other fruit, but it's an ice pop, um, which is mm. which is kind of amazing. I think you've actually seen them, Felix, at our house. I mean, they're they're really good, and I actually think that they taste really good. But so you can make popsicles in all with all sorts of things. You know, you said about the smoothies, Mike, which is a really good one and I would actually recommend throwing an avocado into the smoothie. It makes it very creamy just like a banana might, but you're not adding any of that sugar and you're getting all the good fats. But ice pops are actually a really good thing. You can make yogurt ice pops. You can make ice pops that have you know fresh fruit in them if you want. But the base for the ice pop could be a, a really fresh fermented yogurt. That's a really good source of fermented food that you can get into their diet. Uh, an avocado can be a base for an ice pop. So it's sort of like the delivery mechanism is what you really want to focus on when you want to give these things to your kids. So for eggs, for instance, a lot of kids, well, some, some are really into it, but a lot of kids don't like scrambled eggs. We've found that hard-boiled eggs, and this is actually really specific, so hard-boiled eggs our kids love or they did love and then they went through this phase where they didn't like them anymore so i got one of those hard-boiled egg slicers that people mm -hmm. use you know it's just basically wires that slice it yeah so yeah. i do that and now they love it because it's like i don't know oh, cool i guess try that well i guess yeah. they think that they're like eating cookies or something but you're just, uh, it's really about changing the form that's that's yeah. honestly what i found you know try to slice up an avocado and give it to a kid they're just going to squeeze it and throw it on the floor but if you put it into an ice pop or into a smoothie then there's no problem with it yeah. uh and then you know this is i feel like this might be more of a boy thing than a girl thing but if you make something and you think it's delicious and you want to have it and you don't want to let them have any of it that's when they really want to have it <laughs> yeah so yeah. my wife will make smoothies a lot of time with with our older son ben on the counter there and then she'll pick it up and, t and start to walk away with it like she's going to have it. And then he just has to have it and mm -hmm. gobble it down. Um, then the other thing is to help or to basically introduce kids to the kitchen as early as possible and let them get involved in the cooking process. So whether that's having a little stool so that they can get up and stand and watch to uh, my son Ben can actually make a scrambled egg himself as long as we <clears throat> as long as we hold him away from the flame of the fire he actually can crack an egg and he'll and he'll stir it up and he likes to put salt in it now so getting them involved in the cooking process and getting them comfortable and familiar with the kitchen is also extremely helpful so the 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 short answer basically is that you can put in any foods you want whether it's you know something like even sardines which actually our twins really love now but working on changing the form 
and also keep trying basically so just keep trying different forms keep introducing it yeah and realizing that it might not be the actual food itself but you know kids are very textural about things so that's a big one and then the other one would be to really get them comfortable and familiar with the process of making the food and familiar with how those things are done and, and even involving them as much as you can so uh, I've got a question about this. What what are your thoughts on ketchup? Because I mean, like Jeremy, our younger son, who's you know fourteen months, he just you know it's so it, he, it's he's pretty fussy eater and it's difficult to get him to eat. And um, but ketchup really does work. What are your thoughts? So ketchup is fine. The problem with most ketchups is that they have a lot of sugar in them, uh, but. Mm-hmm. You actually can, there are some really, really good brands of ketchup, uh, and they're not particularly expensive, it's just good brands. Uh, one of which is called Sir Kensington's, which mm-hmm. I really love. It's delicious. <coughs> uh, oh, I but, remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there actually is, uh, there's a brand called Rejuvenative, Rejuvenative, sorry, <laughs> Rejuvenative Foods, and they make a fresh, raw, live ketchup. So it actually has cultured probiotics in it and active enzymes. It's GMO free, it's gluten free, it's all that good stuff. And it tastes, I mean, it tastes really good. Tomatoes are an excellent source of things like lycopene, which are good for their eyes and their heart. And I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with ketchup at all. And, and actually, I think a lot of times, this is the same thing. Is it's about the form. Sometimes kids just, it, they don't want the thing itself, but they want to dip it in something mm-hmm. and they eat it that way. So I would say, again, it, you know, don't worry about ketchup or not. It's just changing the, the form of it. So th- this... Um, this rejuvenative foods one is really cool, but just sort of like a general ketchup, I would say Sir Kensington's, or if save that, just go with an organic ketchup that doesn't have yeah, any high fructose corn syrup in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's totally fine. Um, and the cool. truth is, is even if there was a, a slight downside to it, if they're dipping it in it, but they're still going to eat the chicken or the fish or whatever it else is that you want them to have, I think that the benefit outweighs the, the possible negative of that. Mm. Okay, cool. Thanks. So that's that's what I would say. So uh, there are a few. Well, this was one little announcement, but then there's a few uh, links I want to talk about. One, the announcement is that Fancy Hands has brought payments back. Oh, they have. Oh, that's great. Yes. So this is oh. a big, and I've talked about this a number of times. I talked about this with Fetch, and I'm still going to use Fetch because I believe that that in terms of purchasing things per se, Fetch is better at researching and getting prices, but. It was very frustrating for the several months that Fancy Hands could no longer buy things for you. And mm-hmm. uh, they they were, for a while before, they, they could buy things up to $100. So now they can buy things up to $200. And whether you're going to use them for shopping or not, you can actually have them pay bills for you, which is a nice thing. Uh, and y- you can have them do not like consumer purchasing goods if, if you don't want to, if, if you'd rather use Fetch for that. So it's a very nice feature that they've done. They can sign up for things for you now and it, I, it's very, very convenient they brought that back. So that's that's a good thing. Uh, awesome. So there is a company that has been in the news in the last couple of weeks. This woman became like the youngest, newest woman billionaire. Uh, the company is called Theranos. And it's really very innovative in terms of blood testing. Basically, if you want to do like a performance panel, which is, or like the, the ultimate panel that Inside Tracker offers, or something like the performance panel from Wellness FX, they're taking upwards of 12 vials of blood from you, basically. Like it's a pretty intense process. And, and uh-huh. I, I've had a lot of blood draws done, but the last time I had 10 done, I, I had to go take a minute and sit down. And, <coughs> you know, because hmm. it, it, it's, it's, 
I mean, anyone who's had this experience knows it's pretty unpleasant when you have too much blood drawn and it's you, get, you kind of feel sick to your stomach and lightheaded at the same time. Theranos is basically introducing a new testing platform that allows them to do all of that testing and more from a single drop of blood. Oh, wow. So I don't know how they're able to do this, but it is it is totally legitimate. It is going to change the face of diagnostic testing, mark my words. So Theranos, is, it, it's, um, it's really kind of mind-blowing. Uh, I, I love Kickstarter, and I love when there's like these really random gadgets on Kickstarter that people are, are, are putting out there. So did you happen to have a look at Steak Locker? I did. I just had a look, yeah. Tell me more. Well... I don't know too much more, except that it's a it's a home. It's basically a little mini fridge for home for dry aging your own steak. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how big a market there is for that necessarily. Yeah. Uh, right. But and the other thing is that dry aging is like a specific thing that that some people might not be into it because of possible mold that could grow on it or things like that. And if you look at like the, one of the most famous steakhouses in the country is Peter Luger steakhouse, which is in Brooklyn. It's one of the oldest there is. And they dry age their steak in their basement for, I think it's like 28 days. And when they bring them out of the, and I've seen this, when they bring them out of the basement, like they're green because they're, you know, it's mold and that's you know, basically they clean that off and then they brine it and then it's fine and they and it's delicious. It's great. And the 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 mold and the bacteria help to huh. break break down the connective tissue in the the steak. But I don't know how many people are like eating this much steak that they're going to be bu- buying a steak locker. So, uh, yeah. I I think it's a really cool concept and I think if you're going to do it, this is a great way to do it and you really can control it very well and in a way get very fresh steak, but um it's it's cool. I just, I, I, wow. it's one of those cool Kickstarter campaigns that I, I have to, I have to talk about. Uh, so there's a, a new service called Timely, and this is an area that I've looked at before that's always been tr- uh, troubling because it's it's very challenging for someone like me. Basically, it's a it's a time tracking platform, and I've never really worked as like a freelancer on an hourly basis, which which is probably why it's been such a challenge for me. I, I, when I'm working on multiple different projects for different clients, I've tried to log hours before, and it's just it's yeah. never been very fluid. So what Timely does, which I really like, is that you're scheduling and logging hours at the same time. So yeah, so basically you're you know you have uh, I'm I'm gonna have this meeting at three o'clock with so and so, and you put that in as a event. But then it actually, once you start, you can hit the timer or it can do it automatically and it can actually log that as time and associate it with the person you were meeting with and the work you were doing. And it really makes the whole process very seamless. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So for somebody, actually, this might be something for you. I know that you don't necessarily work hourly, but, you know, when you're, Felix is a, a no, composer. No, I'm for, really into, yeah, tracking the time that I've spent on something. Yeah. Not so, for billing and, purposes, but yes. Right. Well, and, and so this might be a really cool solution for you to check out. It's uh, it's it's timely. Actually, if if you do, I'd love to hear you know yeah. on the next podcast what I you think will. of it. But because again, someone like me who's not technically a freelancer, but I do do work for other clients and things. It, it none of the other ones really ever worked for me because I never was in a situation where I was like sit down and work on this for the next you know hit the timer and then work on this project for this client for the next twenty minutes or the next hour. It was always sort of like a back and forth. So I think that this mm. is a this is actually a really good contender if you need to do that kind of time tracking. Yeah. Um, so then there was a, a great study over on Subversity about rest times and i think it's actually kind of funny now that we're recording 
our bits, Felix, on Tuesdays always, and then we work out on Tuesday nights because I always see these studies and then I want to implement something in our workshop. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so oh, basically, you and you are trying to reduce the rest time in our workout. God. Evil man. Yes, Evil exactly. Man. Yeah. So basically, what they were finding, and I mean, I guess it's not that surprising, but essentially, what they were finding was that. They they couldn't there wasn't a firm conclusion from the study, but the suggestion was that a one to two minute break from in this test it was uh, back squats and bench presses a one to two minute break was you, you basically put out significantly more energy than anything beyond that than three minutes beyond so essentially taking a rest of more than two minutes between sets is only good if you're training for strength but not if you're looking for like basically cardio growth or, or significant muscle growth and. It was interesting because, you know, we do these tablet intervals. We'll do things with very short breaks. But when we're doing sets, and, you know, you've seen this when there's like five of us doing back squats, yeah. you'll have maybe four or five minutes of break between you do between doing each set. Yeah. So I, I think that we're going to be changing that starting okay. today. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> so, no. uh, and if anybody's seen my Instagram, Felix was a total beast in the last workout. And... Uh, <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna try to take that to the next level because now you're the you're the mascot now. <laughs> so uh, the the la- so it's July eighth today when we're recording this, and the Nathan's hot dog eating competition was July fourth, as it is every year. Ari is really into this, following these hot dog eating competitions. He was giving me the whole insight in, into it, and he's he's like the biggest fan you've ever met. Yes. So it's kind of uh, ironic considering the nature of this podcast. But. Well, and so it's not that I eat a lot of hot dogs or, or any no, for that matter. No. By the way, the average American eats 70 hot dogs a year, which I think is surprising. I probably eat three a year if I really had to think about it. Um, so the average American eats 70 hot dogs per year. But this is why it was interesting to me because the, the guy who was the champion for six years, um, I forgot his first name, but it was Kobayashi. He was a, he's a Japanese guy. When he started the record for eating hot dogs in these competitions was 25 and an eighth hot dog and bun in uh, 12 minutes. The first year that he competed in it, he ate 50 hot dogs and it like blew away everybody. And and it was just, it was crazy, but because he was probably the first person to really take it very seriously and do a lot of self tracking and experimentation to see what was the most effective method for doing this. So whether you're interested in hot dog eating or not, this is in terms of optimization, in terms of how to make something, basically, he didn't approach the problem of how can I eat more hot dogs in less time. He approached the problem of how can I make it easier to eat a hot dog. Mm. And I think that that applies to what we talk about here and in sort of in general. But basically, what he would do is he would break the hot dog in half and eat essentially two hot dogs at the same time, but it was really two halves. So that was one. And then he would take the hot dog bun and slam it into a cup of water, squeeze it out, and then eat that very quickly because... There's actually this sort of hot dog bun challenge if if you can basically do a bar bet and try to see if somebody can eat two hot dog buns in a minute with no water. It's virtually impossible. Most people get through about half a bun and then they're 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 pretty much gagging because they're just so dry and they, they just can't produce enough saliva. So he would dunk it in the water and then eat the bun. And that was how he was able to do it so much faster and so much more effectively. And I just think that it's an interesting model for thinking of how you can make anything more optimal with the right experimentation and the right methodology and sort of questioning the norm. So yes, I'm giving a whole philosophical thing to hot dog eating, but I, I thought that was really cool. 
It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the there's three other things. Is one is that Ketonics this week came out with a breath ketone analyzer, which is a kind of a big deal. Some people don't think that breath ketone measures are the most accurate, but uh, there are. It, it, it can be accurate. But what is a breath ketone? Oh yeah, okay, good. Like so, a breathalyzer? Is that what you mean? Well, sort of. So basically, <coughs> when you hmm. when you become fat adapted and you're having a lot of good fats in your diet, you're going to have more ketone bodies, which are the fat transport bodies, uh, circulating in your blood. And if you get to a high enough level, you will actually get what's sort of known as keto breath, and you have ketones coming out of your breath. And taken too far is something called ketoacidosis, which is actually toxic. So that's that's not good, but. Uh, this is a reusable, essentially, yes, like a breathalyzer, and it will measure acetone, which is a ketone, in your breath. So you can know if you are having too much carbs, for instance. Like if you're really trying to stay in ketosis, then you need to be measuring that to make sure that you're staying there. So What's in ketosis? Ketosis is a, is a state of fat burning. Okay. Yeah, so basically you're, you're, you could be burning ketones from fat or you can be burning glucose from sugar. Oh, and okay. okay. the more that we can be burning fat, the, the more efficient we are. And, and honestly, it, it helps fuel the brain better. And, you know, sugar has okay. all the rushes and crashes. Okay. And we really want to be fat burners as much as possible. So this will actually help you measure if that sweet potato that you had at night took you out of ketosis, which if you're really eating a lot of fats, it shouldn't. So, um, But the fact that this is a reusable breath-based one is, is uh, really innovative, actually. Mm. So that would be something cool for people to check out if they're trying to play around with ketosis. Uh, and then the last thing that I want to talk about before we go into the interview is 23andMe. So 23andMe is the DNA tracking website you used to be able to, well, you still can. You get a $99 kit and you spit in it and then you send it off to them and they basically will give you a breakdown of your DNA in terms of your, your uh, uh, what is it, your, your heritage basically, like where, where your ancestors came from many thousands of years ago and they can sort of track that. But up until the FDA kind of shut this down, they used to give you health results, and the report would basically tell you that you have a, you know, ten percent increased chance of getting type two diabetes, or you have, you know, in my case, it actually said that I had an increased risk of Crohn's and colitis. So it, some of it is very accurate, some of it is not. But basically, the FDA cracked down and said that it was essentially giving diagnostic advice, and so they can't do that anymore, which is which is frustrating. Fortunately, there are all these other sites cropping up that will plug in your 23andMe data, and all, you don't have to do anything special. You literally just log in and give it access, and they'll pull your raw genetic data and then give you a whole bunch of other information based on that. Oh, so, so this is like a workaround to, uh, to yeah, the yeah, FDA. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. So okay, cool. there, there's, one, there's a company called NutraHacker, which will take your profile and actually tell you that certain nutrients that based on your genes you might not react very well to um mm. you know like for instance it might tell you that you don't synthesize vitamin e very well so oh, okay. that might mean that you should have less foods that are rich in vitamin e or, or you should stop taking a vitamin e supplement and that has to do with something called methylation which is which is a very complicated topic that i, I don't want to lose our members on so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get yeah, too much sure. into that um sure. but it can tell you you can also use it for a lot more of the 
I'm blanking on the word. What's the, uh, oh, genealogy. I'm sorry. It can give oh, yeah. you a lot more information on genealogy. Like uh, it can show you distant cousins that you might be related to and connect with you on Facebook if you really want to do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but there's this list that I put in the show notes. <laughs> some of people the, who go after some money for. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. We are 17th cousins, four times removed. We don't speak the same language, but, you know, <laughs> give me a Christmas yeah. gift. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So there are uh, 23, surprisingly, about 23 services on here on this link that I put in the show notes that will let you do all these different kinds of processing on the data that you already might have had from 23andMe. So it's something to check out, and it can give you a lot of really interesting information, some very basic stuff, as well as some pretty pretty deep in the weed stuff that you can really get into. Uh, the methylation analysis is something that will actually tell you sort of a, what they call a detox profile. So it can actually show you where there's certain genes that are on or off and, and how they affect the way that you process certain foods, certain nutrients. It, it's, it's really it's amazing stuff. So if you are interested in that and you want to kind of delve into that and you already have 23andMe data, but you're not sure what to do with it, this would be something to check out. Oh, okay. So with that, I say that we get to the part with me and Ben and check it out for the, the end of the video or the, I'm sorry, the end of the audio. And we will give you a discount code so that you can get in there. And we'd love your feedback on the course. Um, so whether you have twins or you're going to have twins or you're going to have singles or your grandparents or your aunts and uncles and you deal with kids, I think that it's a really useful course. So thanks a lot for listening and thanks, Felix. Okay. Thanks, everyone. And see you next week. Hi, I'm Ben Greenfield. And I'm Ari Mizell. And I have twin boys. I too have twin boys. <laughs> and the reason that you are hearing both Ari and myself, Ben, in this special podcast episode is that we decided we want to bring you our top tips for parenting because I specialize in things like fitness and sports nutrition and some uh, health concepts. And uh, Ari, you also specialize in this stuff and also uh, what, what's kind of your your gig. Yeah, I, th- I think that my, my real wheelhouse is productivity, right? And so in addition to my twin boys, I have a, a, another uh, son as well. So three boys originally under the age of one and a half. So productivity is my obsession. And I believe that health is a big part of that. So uh, we really kind of meshed our knowledge together to create something special here. Yeah. So we're going to give you in today's podcast episode, our top 10 tips for raising healthy and smart and successful kids. And we're also going to give you something at the end of this podcast episode that you're only going to get if you listen to the podcast episode uh, or incidentally watch the video because we are putting a video recording of this up on YouTube. So if you're watching this on video, I am sitting here wearing my dorky um, stalker-like blue light blocking glasses and sitting in my mom's coffee shop slash pub in Moscow, Idaho with a dartboard behind me. And I believe Ari's, is that a prison that you're in, Ari? Yeah, you know, prison or my lab or my gym, you know, it it depends whose perspective you take. The people who work out here with me might call it a prison. Awesome. So so you may want to check this one out on on YouTube. And of course, I've got my teeny tiny Pellegrino that I'm drinking, which is quite appropriate because we're going to be talking about teeny tiny people today. Uh, So what what we're going to do is kind of go back and forth. We're going to tag team this. I'm going to give you my top five tips and Ari's going to give you his top five tips. And we're just going 
going to try and make this stuff super practical for you. And like I mentioned at the end, we're, we're going to give you guys something kind of special. And of course, uh, whether you are uh, listening to this on, on Ari's podcast or on my podcast, we will make sure to put lots of resources for you in the show notes at our <laughs> respective websites, uh, BenGreenfieldFitness.com or LessDoing.com, which is, which is Ari's website. Uh, so, so that being said, um, Ari, do you want to go ahead and, and jump in with your first tip for raising healthy, smart, and successful kids? Absolutely. Thank you, Ben. So uh, my first one, you know, we're going to kind of run the gamut here. We, we cover so many different topics, but I, I think that both of us have chosen sort of a, a good variety. So my, my very first one is about magnesium flake baths, basically. So a lot of people, and a lot of people probably listening to our podcast are very familiar with Epsom salts and magnesium chloride, but you can actually get magnesium flakes, which are a little more expensive, but it's a much purer form of magnesium. And what I like to do is when I get, either give my sons baths or take baths with them is I really like to put in a whole bunch of these magnesium flakes and it's very, very calming. It's a very soothing experience. You know, just like you use Epsom salts to deal with muscle likeness and soreness, it actually helps to infuse magnesium basically through the skin into your bodies and that of your children. And a lot of people are magnesium deficient. It's one of those uh, nutrients that people tend to, to really not get enough of. So as a nighttime bath routine, having a sort of uh, envelopment of magnesium seems to work really, really well for helping kids calm down and, and also to help with any pot. Well, not completely, but help at least a little bit with any possible uh, magnesium deficiencies. But that's really one, interesting. I, I, I've used magnesium flake baths myself uh, yeah. as an athlete, like post-workout, post-long run, post-hard weight training session. I have never once in my life or in, in the six years of my children's life given them a magnesium flake bath. So, so you've that this actually helps helps your kids to sleep do you primarily do it at night or yeah exactly at night and, and it's noticeable it really is noticeable um, because there's a lot of time first of all and you know i'm sure you know this but you really have to use a lot of epsom salts or you know like a, a bag that is six it's like one cup per gallon you know so you might end up yeah. using a pretty big bag so when you put the right amount in i i do find it really does act as a calming experience in fact uh, ben my, my son ben who is two and a half now i love how you named your son after me by the way well yes of course yeah. <laughs> uh, i changed it once we started doing this together. <laughs> I'm flattered. Um, so what I, I really do notice, like when sometimes you get in the bath and he plays around, thrashes around, which is fine in itself. But when we do these like really good magnesium soaks, he'll just lie on me um, and just relax. And it's a really, it's just a nice experience. Uh, but one thing I learned from you, which was that you really don't absorb the magnesium uh, above 102 degrees, you say, or 104? Uh, it, it, it's between 103 and 105. Basically, when you touch it and it's uncomfortably hot, you're not going to absorb the magnesium chloride. Right. And you wouldn't want to, and just generally, you wouldn't really want to put your kids in a you bath. Wouldn't, you wouldn't want to toss anyway. a child into that environment right. anyways. Exactly. And and just for like a sort of a reference point, most hot tubs max out at 104 degrees. And it's pretty hot. Mm. So anyway, that's my first one. Cool. I like it. And the fact that you take a bath with your kids is really interesting because it relates to the first tip that I wanted to give folks. And that is that my kids or I, I make it a point with my kids to roughhouse and wrestle with them several times per week. And it's really interesting. The research that's been done on this is you get this release of brain derived neurotrophic factor or BDNF, the same thing that gets released like when, hu when humans, <laughs> kids are humans too, I guess. 
that's when adults go for a run or something like that. This increases neuronal growth, but they've done studies on roughhousing and found that rough and tumble play does the same thing in kids, both boys and girls. And then, of course, this made me think of this when you talked about taking a bath with your kids. Oxytocin is this other hormone that gets released. It's the bonding hormone that brings you closer to your kids. You also get that. So you get this one-two hormone combo when you wrestle and roughhouse with your kids. And we have all sorts of ways that we do it. So, uh, for example, one of the things that I'll do is I'll cut a workout short. So I'll cut a workout short by anything from 5 to 15 minutes. Take the kids out in the front lawn and tell them that their job is to try and knock me down. And then I get into all these different positions, isometric squats, isometric lunges. And I have the boys basically run at me and try and take me down. I've got another one where I get down into like a low push-up position on the ground and have them get on top of me and they, they have to just hold me down. We've got another one where we play, you know, zombie where I chase them around the house and I'm, I'm wearing a giant blanket over my head and basically trying to, to grab them and hunt them down. But we fight a lot. Um, we also, and, and I'll, I'll try and find some links for folks to put them in the show notes. We also have Thai kickboxing gear. So all of us have the, the special shorts that you kind of pull up above your belly button and the special gloves. And we do Thai kickboxing. We each get in a corner. You know, mom does the ding, 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 rings the bell. And we all go at each other. And the, the, what research has shown is it doesn't make kids more violent. It, no, it, quite the opposite. Yeah, it teaches social skills. It teaches them the difference between play and aggression. It teaches them the about kind of hostility versus kindness. It teaches them how to play by the rules. Um, it teaches them uh, how to deal with things like pain and discomfort because they are going to experience that a little bit. But if you aren't currently kind of going out of your way to, to wrestle around with your kids, even if your kids are a little bit older, um, I would make it a point. You know, there's a reason that, that I'm picking the things that I'm picking in today's podcast. This is one of the more powerful things that I've seen in terms of both research as well as personal experience to really bring you closer and to advance the development of both boys and girls. So roughhousing slash wrestling slash rough and tumble play. And, and, you know, so it's, it, I want to just add to that too. It's interesting uh, about the oxytocin issue or connection because uh, there's a study that I, I think I shared this with you, but I don't remember uh, recently that came out that said that uh, fathers who are very involved in childcare, it actually rewires our brains to be more receptive to oxytocin, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. So it, it almost makes us more maternal in some ways. Yep. But uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being uh, receptive to oxytocin. So it's yeah. the cuddle hormone, basically. Yep. Exactly. And, and incidentally, we are, we are also in the process of hanging a punching bag in the gym as well. So we're going to, we're going to add that component in again, all meant not to make the kids more aggressive, but to instead teach them how, how to deal with other people, um, in, in physically responsible ways and help them to, to almost like, um, release pent up energy and aggression. So. And, and quite honestly, to, to learn healthy limits, actually, yep, exactly. because you really in that situation, you really do learn the difference between playing around and and hurting, you know, mm-hmm. so and how hard you can yeah. hit things before your wrist breaks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my next one is about uh, sleep, actually. So we have uh, you don't want to have white noise machines running all night long. I know that's a very common thing. And. The issue with that is that just as Ben was just talking about BDNF, that brain-derived nootropic factor, white noise raises that as well for babies. And you actually don't want that when babies are sleeping. Really? Uh, Yeah. So uh, basically, 
supposedly, and I don't know how much faith, uh, faith I can put in this, but apparently it can lead to a lowering of IQ later in life. So, uh, so you mean just, excessive BDNF while right, a child yeah, is yeah. asleep from playing like these wind noises and whale noises and stuff like that. That's what you're talking about? Well, no. So not the wind noises and the whale noises, actually. It's more the white noise. Okay. Because it's, so, you know, the white noise is almost like confusing. Uh, you really can't pinpoint a sound. Yeah. So and, and, because, by the way, if whale noises or wind noises cause people to lose intelligence and the whole country, the, the whole world would be like, <laughs> in a, in no, a no one can go camping anymore. Exactly. So uh, but of course, especially with twins, you do have to try to mitigate one waking up the other as much as possible or, you know, a, bar, a dog barking or dropping it like it, it's really it, it's an issue. And otherwise, if they're waking up all night long, you're never going to sleep. And that's a whole other issue. So we found there's there's very there's only one company that I found that makes this actually, but it is a noise activated noise machine. And it doesn't it does the white noise, but it can do uh, ocean sounds and it can do rain. And I find the rain to be the most soothing per personally and to them. So what but do you mean it's, it's noise activated? Like it's only going to play when they're rolling around in their beds and stuff like that? Exactly. Or? So basically, if one of them starts to like rouse a little bit or roll around or, you know, yelp, basically, it turns on and I had it set the lowest uh, timer, which was 15 minutes. So basically, I felt very comfortable with that. It's very effective. They kind of like make some noise. It turns on and it soothes them back to sleep, but it's not running all night long. Interesting. So I, yeah, so that's sort of like a, a, a little bit of a tech hack, I think, that has really, really helped. Because again, you really don't want it running all night long. It's not. It's just not ideal for their brain development for for overstimulation, and also they can get used to it. Basically, so. what about what about adults? Do you do you think that adults should not be listening to um, to white noise all night long? No. So for adults, it's, it's completely opposite, basically. Uh, for adults, it, it does, it drowns out that issue or it drowns everything out and it actually does have that sort of calming effect. And it's almost like uh, because of that confusion that happens because of the noise, it's basically signaling your brain that it's okay to just sort of like let go and give in. Interestingly enough, and this is completely unrelated, but since we like to talk about health anyway there there's this test and i forgot the name of it but basically you put on white noise and then you take uh, a ping pong ball and cut it in half and put one half over each eyeball so it's sort of like a diffused white light and apparently yeah. that will cause visual and auditory hallucinations within about 15 minutes you put a ping, because, you, you put a ping pong ball over both your eyes and you play white noise and it causes visual hallucinations and auditory. Um, and it's half a ping pong. So you're cutting it in half. So you're basically making like goggles out of the ping pong. So you have, it's, it's essentially sensory deprivation is what you're doing. And your brain fills in the gaps. And people have reported like unicorns jumping around and colorful rainbows and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, basically. Don't, that's, don't, don't do that to your kids, people. <laughs> don't do um, that to your kids. I, Absolutely I, not. I, I but mean, if you had a really bad night, you maybe want to do that to yourself. I'm going to try this. This is interesting. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a, a total 180 here and talk about something that we use quite a bit in our house because we like to make sure that our kids blood sugar levels are stabilized um you know i've personally done genetic testing i know i'm at, at higher than normal risk for type 2 diabetes um i've seen my mom's lab results she's got blood sugar levels that are through the roof sorry mom if you're listening in um both of her parents had type 2 diabetes so we're really careful with with, with sugar in our house and we use coconut quite a bit and and three of kind of the go-to things that 
that that we that we make as almost like desserts for the kids that have fats that slow down the sugar release, um, but but that also have less sugar in them than the typical desserts that you might buy at the grocery store when you're making them yourself. One is coconut popsicles. And these actually have gelatin in them, which is really good for a kid's uh, bones and joints and also their stomach. And it's very easy. You just need a, a normal popsicle mold, and then you get a can of full-fat coconut milk. So we use, we use a BPA-free coconut milk, a, a brand called um, Native Forest is what we use. You get a can of coconut milk, and you mix that with about a tablespoon or two of what we use is a real organic maple syrup. So it's still a relatively nutrient-dense sweetener. There's not a lot of it in there. That just gives a little bit of sweetness. And that that's for, uh, I believe it's an 8-popsicle mold. It might even be a 12-popsicle mold. I don't remember. But it, but it's not that much maple syrup. Okay, a couple tablespoons of maple syrup. About a tablespoon of regular, like, real vanilla extract. You put about a tablespoon of shredded coconut flakes. We use uh, Bob's Red Mill. We just buy this off Amazon, Bob's Red Mill shredded coconut flakes, and then two tablespoons of gelatin. So you can use like Great Lakes gelatin. Um, Bernard Jensen is another brand. And all you do is you you just mix all that together and you pour it into the mold and then you throw it in the freezer. And this makes these really tasty coconut popsicles that the kids love. So that's one thing that we do with coconuts. The other thing that we'll do is a coconut ice cream. And it's very, very easy to make a, a basic coconut ice cream. Um, it's actually, I, I say coconut ice cream, but it's more like this coconut chocolatey pudding type of stuff that we put in the freezer and freeze. Basically, all you do is you blend an avocado with some coconut milk to desired texture, a little bit of dark cacao powder, some cinnamon, some vanilla extract, and then if you want, you can throw about half a banana in there. And you just blend all that up, and you can eat it right away as a pudding, or you can put it in the freezer, and it literally tastes just like chocolate pudding, and if you freeze it, it tastes like chocolate, avocado, coconut ice cream. Okay, so that's number two. And then the last thing that we do with coconuts is my wife makes coconut macaroons. And these are really good. What you do is you mix a, a couple of eggs and a little bit of honey into like a, a mixing bowl. And you can put a little bit of salt in there. And then you stir in a bunch of coconut flakes or shredded coconut. One to two cups of that. And then you just chill all of that in the refrigerator. And this makes like this, this coconut flake batter. And basically you can take that batter... And you form it into these little macaroon shapes and you just bake that in the oven for about 10 minutes. Put it in the oven about 350, you bake it, the macaroons turn golden brown and they're not super sweet and the kids love them. So I'll, I'll put recipes to all three of those in the show notes for folks, but we are, we are big fans of coconut flakes, shredded coconut, coconut milk, um, as ways to make like tasty little treats for the kids that slow down the release of sugars and that are also chocolate full of healthy fats yeah and that's a i mean those are, those all sound really delicious there yeah I, I like them too actually yeah so the, the, usually them. the chalk of, of all the ones i just described the one that's that's the least sweet is the chocolate avocado pudding stuff um and i'll make that leave the banana out and it pretty much has no sweetener whatsoever you can put a little stevia in there if you want um and i i like that as just like a way like i can stay in ketosis eating that so really good stuff yeah i know you're i know you like your stevia that's right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so mine is, uh, my next one is actually a food one also. Uh, and it's sort of similar, but again, I have to go with a gadget sometimes. So there is 
a banana, a frozen banana ice cream making machine. It's a very specific thing, and uh, we'll put a we'll have a link to that in all the resources, of course. But it's almost like a uh, like it looks like a very small meat grinder, basically. Really? And yeah. So what you do is you freeze bananas, right? And that is, and then you peel peel, all, peel them first, right? Yes, please peel them first. Uh, I've, I made that mistake twice. So uh, I don't know how I did it twice after learning from the first time how ridiculous it is. But uh, so you tap frozen bananas, and, and usually what we'll do is I'll just buy a bunch, and you know you have like a dozen frozen in the in the in the freezer. And then this thing is it's pretty hardcore. It's like very it's a plastic thing, but uh, you basically it looks like a juice press almost, and you're pushing the banana down to it, and it really grinds it down to a very smooth, almost frozen yogurt like texture. And if nothing else. That could be it. it. That's one ingredient banana ice cream, and it and you're done. Uh, and the kids and what, can do what's it. What's this? What's this thing called that, that you're using? Like, is it like a specific brand, or is it just called uh, yeah, banana ice cream maker? It, it's uh, well, yeah, it's it's uh, it's called Fro. Um, I'm gonna have the links. We'll, okay. we'll put it in the, in the show okay. notes because I'm blanking on the name. Okay. But uh, it, it's a specific one that. Oh, it's called Yonanas. That's what it is. Yonanas. Yonanas. Okay. Yonanas. So uh, what it does, obviously, so it makes the frozen banana. But then that is sort of the base for everything. So you can mix in whatever you want, including uh, dark cacao nibs, for instance. You could put some coconut in there. Uh, what we actually do a lot is we'll put some sort of greens in there. So spinach surprisingly goes really well with banana. Um, they cancel each other out in an odd way, and it's really delicious. It sounds kind of uh, it sounds kind of horrible when you describe it. It's really. I'm surprised to hear you say that. It's really good uh, because it, I don't know. It just it really tastes good. But you can throw in the cinnamon. I feel like you can you can put a lot of the stuff in there that you may want to sort of sneak into a kid's yeah. diet, uh, yeah. or not sneak in, but just give it to them in like a subtle way. I think I think the the cool thing about bananas is kind of like coconuts. They offer this this creamy like texture. Which right. which can really um, you know I I'm I'm joking but when I when I say it sounds horrible with the spinach because I could actually see it giving it like a like a creamy kind of sweet taste that a kid might like yeah well but so then the other thing that you can do with it and this is sort of going a little bit uh, deeper on the nutrition scale but if you want to and I don't necessarily think that this is for kids you could try it but uh, using green bananas and then you basically get sort of like a resistant starch mm. ice cream interesting um, which. Which so whenever I use bananas and a, and in my a child smoothies, with horrible gas, well yeah maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, whenever I use bananas in my smoothies I almost always use a green banana for uh-huh. that that resistance starch and a little bit less sugar right but uh, it's it's something that tr- that you could try if you were worried about digestive issues although if you follow our tips your kids shouldn't have too many digestive issues anyway <laughs> yeah yeah exactly okay so cool. yonanas cool i like it all right so here's my next tip um i really uh, purchased my kids a lot of books um i i personally purchase a lot of books i i see them as very valuable investments in my mind and my body and my life when i read a book on parenting, a lot of times as I'm taking notes as I'm reading that book, and a perfect example is a very good recent book that I read called Mindful Parenting. And when I read Mindful Parenting, 
it gave a suggestion in that book. I think during the course of me reading that book, I came across 10 different books that you could get a child that will help them become more mindful, that will help them to, to meditate, help them to breathe deeply, help them to engage in gratefulness practices and help them do all these things that I freaking wish my parents had taught me <laughs> when it comes to, um, you know, th these are the things that help people to live longer, that help people to de-stress. And frankly, you don't have to wait until you're 30 years old and have a stress attack or a panic attack to realize that mindfulness and meditation and deep breathing is actually good for you. So the problem, though, is that whenever I come across a bunch of books, and I also homeschool my kids, so I've always got these different curriculums that I'm ordering for them, it, it it's a little bit time-consuming for me to go and find good deals on books. So one thing that I do is I've actually outsourced book buying. So I have a virtual assistant, and in my case, I, I hired a virtual assistant off of uh, Craigslist, but you can also get virtual assistants on, on all sorts of different websites. You know, I know you talk about them quite a bit in your in your book, Ari, uh, and, and on your podcast. And when it comes to productivity, you talk about uh, fancy hands and... Yep, um, virtual what, and fancy hands. Virtual is another one. Yeah. And, and so what I do is I'll send my VA a list of like 10 books and I'll say, find the best deal on these books. I don't care if they're used or they're new and have them sent to my house by X date. Um, and I'm a huge, I mean like, you know, I, I outsource mowing my lawn so that I can do the things that I'm good at cause I'm crappy at mowing the lawn. So I outsource that and I, you know, I, I outsource, you know, people mailing my, my mail at the post office and, and all these things, but book buying for my kids, I, that's turned out oddly enough to be something that has been really, really nice. Cause I'll, I'll read a book like this, come up with 10 books for, for my kids, send them off via email and, and immediately they just start to roll in via the mail at a really, really good price. Um, and interestingly, kudos to Ari because I, I learned about this for, from Ari actually, this new app, this, this fetch app. I was hoping you'd mention that. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you told me about this and it's, it's this, this app that you can download to your phone. It's called fetch. And what happens is you, you can just take a picture of something that you want to buy or just type in a quick description of something that you want to buy. And, uh, somebody finds the best price on it and it gets sent to your house and the app is free. And they're, they're like, you don't pay anything. I don't, I don't know how they make money exactly off of it. But um, anyways, outsourcing the purchasing of books specifically is something that I do quite a bit with my kids. And we have tons of books. And I don't mind. I would rather my kids have tons of books than tons of toys. And we're constantly reading them. And I, I'm not spending all my time looking for a good price on books. And you know, it, books are one of those things where you that you can get a huge range of pricing with books. You know, you get like a slightly used book that has no signs of wear and tear, except like there's a corner off of one page, and it's a quarter of the price of the brand new. Like it's really kind of crazy the range that you see with books. So yeah, if you got somebody working on that for you, that's great. Well, okay, so my my next two are going to be productivity based, but so the first one is Amazon subscribe and save. So. A lot of people are not familiar with this service because Amazon doesn't market it particularly well. But essentially with Amazon subscribe and save, you can subscribe to any non-perishable item that Amazon stocks in its warehouses. And you pick how often you want it and how many units you want to come. They give you a, a week's notice and you can cancel anytime. You get an immediate 15% discount and uh, you can uh, get extra deliveries whenever you want. So what can you subscribe to? Well, so in the last four years, I'd say my wife and I have not had to shop for things like paper towel, 
uh, paper towels, diapers, dog food, batteries, toothbrushes, toothpaste. Uh, they have such a wide variety of products now. Uh, all, all cleaning supplies for our house, and, and they, they have lots of or, um, organic options, green cleaning products. Amazon really stocks a lot of great stuff. And the thing is, you don't have to think about this stuff anymore. It's so, it, we've literally saved thousands of hours and thousands of dollars by doing this because not only do we not have to worry about when we go to the store and forgetting something that we thought we needed, but we also don't have to come back from the store and having bought something that we already had and didn't need either. Uh, it's just a, a real waste of time. And then the other side of it is that things that have a timing associated with them, for instance, we don't have one of these anymore, but having a, a Brita water filter that you have to change every 60 days, mm-hmm. why, set a remind, why set a reminder that you then have to re- get reminded, then go get it, and then do the thing? Why not just have it show up every two months? Uh, yeah. You know, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to replace your toothbrush every three months. So I don't even think about it. Every three months, we get an order of toothbrushes in the mail. And it's like, oh, okay, throw out the old ones or recycle the old ones and take the new ones. So it's just a huge stress reliever, time saver, and, and money saver, honestly. Yeah. You know, t- a couple of the things that I've already mentioned, we have on subscribe and save coconut milk, uh, BPA free coconut milk. I've got that on subscribe and save. I got Bob's red milk, coconut flakes on subscribe and save. Oh, they I've have got, all of Bob's red milk stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. So if, if you, if you haven't yet tapped into Amazon subscribe and save, I totally agree. So, and, um, oh, sorry. And I, I want to oh, have one other thing actually about that, that I forgot the, the newest Amazon uh, app has a search function called flow. Have you seen this? Uh, no. Okay. So you, you've always used to be able to scan a barcode with the Amazon app and they actually got into kind of a lot of controversy about this because they were stealing business from places. But, uh-huh. uh, with the flow app, you pull it up and you show, you use the camera to look at something and it has all these blue dots and it, it basically recognizes the product, whether it's a Thomas the train toy or a book or whatever it is. And you literally just go like, boom, 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 boom. And it makes a whole shopping list, uh, based on that. And then, you know, uh, usually it's a better price on Amazon and then you can just go add them all to your cart. It's really cool. Nice. I like it. Amazon flow. Yep. Cool. All right. So my next tip is about essential oils. And the reason that I want to talk about essential oils, um, and this is a perfect illustration. I was over at one of my friend's houses uh, a couple of weeks ago and on his kitchen counter was this giant plastic uh, box that was full of drugs, ibuprofen, <laughs> Advil, Pepto-Bismol, fr- freaking like kids Tylenol, adult Tylenol, antihistamines, like you name it. And, you know, I don't know how many Americans have a similar medicine cabinet or box in their closet or in their home or maybe on their kitchen counter, but it's shocking what's going on when it comes to kids guts kids livers kids immune systems and everything else that happens when when you're dumping these these drugs and you know and you know of course things like antibiotics etc as as well which which completely turn a child's gut and an adult's gut into a floral wasteland so one thing that that I really tapped into, and I, I actually came down with a staph infection a couple of years ago. I did a triathlon out in the wilderness. I got some cuts. It got infected at the gym a few days later, and I got this nasty MRSA staph infection. And I didn't want to go on these big gun antibiotics necessary to knock it out because I knew what that was going to do to my gut. I also wanted to make sure that I protected my kids and protected my family because it it is uh, a a fairly 
um, it, it, it's something that, that your kids can catch. It, it's kind of nasty, but like it, it's skin to skin contact, you know, that type of thing. Um, MRSA can spread. So what I did was I started to research essential oils. And initially, what I did in our home back then was was to kill off MRSA and to kill off staff. I bought a cold air diffuser. And in that cold air diffuser, I put these special botanical blends. So I used uh, oil of oregano, and then I used an antifungal blend and an antibacterial blend of essential oils. And I'll put a link in the show notes to kind of like the story of exactly what I use. And I, I ended up, I'm, I'm not part of this multi-level marketing company, but there's this company called Be Young Essential Oils. And they sell these different blends that are very, very good for addressing certain, um, certain sicknesses, certain illnesses, certain bacteria, certain fungus, mold, etc., and, you know, it's it's amazing that when you take a plant extract and you concentrate it into an oil, how effective that can be and how safe that can be for either topical or diluted oral use. So in our house, some of the big ones that we use, we use lavender oil to help with sleep. And that's something that you can put on a kid's pillow. And our kids were babies. My wife actually made these little lavender oil pillows. We use uh, oil of oregano to help with with uh, fungal and bacterial issues, and we also use that as a household cleaner. We have another blend of essential oil called, oils called Thieves Essential Blend, and that's a blend of cloves and ra- rosemary and basically a bunch of these ingredients that are very, very good as antibacterials, antifungals. They can be put in a cold air diffuser when somebody's sick in the house. Um, they can also be used orally, like in a glass of water. Um, but if if you as a mother or a father have not yet started to tap into essential oils or educate yourself on the use of essential oils as an alternative to common medicines, then you're really missing out on a huge, huge part of what the planet Earth has to offer us when it comes to health. So essential oil blends are, are really important. So we basically, um, we, we go to either this, this Be Young website to get essential oils. There's another really good website that sells certified organic essential oils called Mountain Rose Herbs. And both of those websites have really good resources on them that help to educate you on which essential oils are good for what. But I would recommend that you go to those websites that you start to outfit your house. And if you open the pantry, or not the pantry, the, it's, it's the hallway closet, the linen closet in our house, we literally have this, this plastic container, kind of like the one at my friend's house, except it's not full of pharmaceuticals and, and drugs. It's just full of about... 20 different bottles of different blends and different essential oil extracts. And those are incredibly powerful for a wide variety of conditions. And I highly recommend that if, if you've got kids, that those form the crux of your, of your health treatments rather than, uh, rather than drugs. Yeah, I, 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 I can't second that enough. I mean, and actually, I, I really like this company uh, called Eden's Garden, and they have over 140 different oils. I mean, it's just kind of shocking, actually. Cause, you said that you know, one was that, called Eden's Gardens? Eden's Garden, uh, and they're, they're therapeutic-grade essential oils, and my wife really got into that, too. Um, I, I personally love eucalyptus oil for any anytime I get like stuffy or anything, eucalyptus oil is great, but it's it's pretty amazing. There, uh, there's a lot that you've probably heard of, and there's way more beyond that that you haven't heard of. And as Ben was saying, there's blends that, that these companies make that 
just magnify the power of these things. It's 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 pretty yep. incredible. Absolutely. Uh, and, and by the way, two that I didn't mention, kids get warts. Uh, it happens. Lemon oil is awesome for warts. It'll knock out a wart in literally like three days. You just put lemon oil on it in the morning and at night, and it makes kids' warts disappear. And then another one that's really, really good if uh, you as a, as a parent have like bacteria, yeast, fungus, overgrowth, that type of thing, peppermint oil in a glass of water a few times a day is super effective. So I'm, I'm kind of geeking out on oils right now and studying them more. And, and I'm a huge, huge fan of these. Well, have you, so, and I know this is going to touch on another topic that you like, but have you, have you tried lemon balm? Lemon balm is like a topical? No, I have not. Okay. Well, not. So lemon balm, first of all, has nothing to do with lemon. Uh, it's actually more of like a mint, but it's actually got nootropic factors to it. Uh, it's supposed to be, it's, it's supposed to be very, I mean, it is very helpful actually for calming anxiety and, and, uh, stress to some extent, but it actually has memory improving qualities to it. You can have it as a tea. Interesting. So lemon balm, is this, is this something that you can just purchase like on oh, yeah. Amazon or something like that? Yeah, totally. Huh. Totally. Uh, to you can get this. lemon balm tea and, uh, even, um, yeah, one of the blends that Onnit Labs makes has lemon balm in it. It's uh, it's really huh. interesting, and it uh, there's there's really good evidence actually about its memory enhancing effects. So interesting. Okay, cool, man. Yeah. The, the show note the show notes are going to be golden today. For oh folks, yeah, I totally. I've got like twenty um, things written down already to look into myself. <laughs> so many other topics. So uh, all right. So my last one uh, is. Uh, two websites which are very similar. Uh, well, um, actually, they're identical, but they, they work with different services. So one of them is called IFTTT, and the other one is called Zapier. And IFTTT stands for If This Then That. And as I said, they're both identical services. But what they do is there's a trigger and an action. And what I mean is that you have... With IFTTT, there's like 90 different web services or so, and a lot lot more consumer-based stuff. And on Zapier, there's more of the business side things. So with IFTTT, you'll see things like Twitter and Facebook, uh, Google Docs, Google Calendar, Dropbox, that kind of stuff. And then with Zapier, you're going to see more of the harvest invoice tracking and uh, Salesforce and Yammer and those kinds of things, which, you know, depending on what you're doing, they're, they're, they're both very useful. But okay. IFTTT is free, and you can create these automations that it's the kind of thing that you'll find yourself saying, oh, but that just, you know, that just takes me a minute to do that. Uh, you know, I do that. It just takes a minute. But that's the problem is that not only do you do that probably 50 times a day and those minutes really do add up, but just like when you have a stoppage of traffic on the highway, one minute of stoppage of traffic on average takes 40 minutes to have traffic flow return to normal. If you take a minute to stop doing what you're doing, that high level thing that you really should be doing, it takes about 20 minutes to get back into the flow of what you were doing. So there's a huge opportunity cost there. And of course, when you're taking care of two kids and you're going crazy with all sorts of things and you have a lot of stuff going on in your life, the more that you can automate, the better. So uh, things as simple, as I said, as like if you post something on Twitter, then it can automatically post it on Facebook. That's a very, very basic one. Uh, You can get weather alerts, very specific weather alerts. You can say it actually integrates with the Philips Hue light bulbs that can do color changing, the Nest thermostat, so you can change temperatures. Personally, I have an alert that's set up that if the temperature gets to a certain temp, we're very like conservative, not conservative, but eco-friendly about using our air conditioning and heating. So Mm -hmm. I have these alerts set up so that if the temperature gets too high or too low in the kid's bedroom, I get a text message immediately, uh, really? which is, yeah, which is just one of those things that you can act upon really 
quickly. Uh, there's the Belkin Wemo switches, which is an automated or it's a Wi-Fi controlled light switch. And we have that at our front door. And it's, okay. a, it's a, so it's a basic light switch. Uh, it'll turn on and off the light, obviously. But if you hook it up with IFTTT, first of all, y- you can use it still to do the basic stuff. But if you hold the switch for two seconds, that's a different trigger. So in my case, if I hold the switch for two seconds, it sets the temperature in all the boys' rooms for basically sleeping temperature. So 68, 69 degrees. Uh, it can change all of their lights to a nice low reddish light, which is not going to affect their sleep. And all of that just from pushing one button. And again, it's like wow. these these things are so... It, you might say like, oh, well, what's the point? That's kind of superfluous. But it really does add up and save you a lot of time and it's just great. So there's the personal stuff there, of course, but then you can use this in your business as well, because as far as I'm concerned, if you can save a minute anywhere in your day, or it'll add up and it will make you more effective and allow you to focus more on the things you want to do. So this is one of those things. It's like a secret weapon that can just get so much stuff that you do on a daily basis out of your hands and out of your life. You're like George Jetson, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. That's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> okay, so I have so to take a breath bef- now. <laughs> before I give my last tip, uh, let me remind you that um, once we finish up, we're going to be giving you guys this this pretty cool thing that that again, nobody except for the people who hang around for the end of the podcast are going to get to get to grab. So, um, and you will if you have kids, you're going to dig this. Yes. Um, okay. So my last tip is, um, and this is going to sound really simple, but let me give you specifics. I work out with my kids a lot. Um, as recently as this morning, we were practicing on the monkey bars at the, at the park up by the house. Now, some of the things that I do with my kids, um, for example, we go to a park with soccer balls and frisbees and the way that it works is they practice their soccer ball kicks so they'll kick the soccer ball they'll both kick and what i have to do is i'm standing behind them as soon as they both kick i have to sprint and retrieve one soccer ball sprint and bring it back sprint and grab the other soccer ball bring it back and then we all do five burpees together and we'll do the same thing with That's frisbees awesome. as well, where one of them will throw a frisbee. I got to run and try and get to the frisbee before it lands. And then I run and bring back the frisbee. And then we all have to do five squats. So we'll play. It's basically like like fetch with a dog, except dad is the dog. And then we just throw in these special bodyweight exercises. So I get a really good workout and they get to practice their soccer skills and their frisbee skills. We've got this other one that we do where when we're traveling and we're at a hotel pool, what my wife and I will do is we'll do hypoxic sets. We'll do kick sets and underwater sets with the kids riding on our backs. So it's like weighted training in a pool because hotel pools are short. They're crappy. They're no good for lap swimming. But this adds in an element that's really hard. So what we'll do is this hypoxic set where we'll swim underwater with the kids riding on our back like you know, daddy and mommy turtle or daddy and mommy whale. And then when we get to the end of the pool, we do pullouts. So we'll do pullouts with the kids on our back and then go back hypoxic. And then we'll get out of the pool and we'll do some other things like, you know, crocodile crawls with the kids on our backs and push-ups with the kids on our backs. And we do uh, overhead presses with the squats as, as we push the kids. But basically, um, using your kids as resistance and specifically using your kids as resistance in the pool, you know, cause I know we have a lot of like triathletes and stuff we listen in. Mm-hmm. That's another really, really good one. And again, all this stuff also similar to roughhousing increases oxytocin and, and brain drive neurotrophic factor and things like that. 
Um, the other thing that I'll do is since I'm out in my garage a lot of the time doing things like kettlebell swings and medicine ball slams, both of my kids have a mini kettlebell and a mini medicine ball. You can just get these off of Amazon or wherever. So when I'm doing those exercises, they know that it's total free reign. They can come out and they see me doing it. They know, like my kids have been doing kettlebell swings since they were three years old and they see dad doing it and they have their own equipment. If your kids don't have this equipment, they're not going to do it. But if you just kind of add a few little kid things to your home gym and your kids see you doing something, the cool thing is that as a kid sees their parents exercise, they themselves, and research has proven this, are more likely to be physically fit and active. It, it simply hits this switch in them. And I found that as my kids get older, they are more and more excited to come and join with me in my workouts. Then I'll, I'll give you one more that I do with my kids. I take them on hikes. But I can hike way faster than a six-year-old can. So I've got a 50-pound weighted vest and a elevation training mask that I wear. So it's like my kids my kids love it. It's like hiking with, with Bane from Yeah, Batman. exactly. But I'll take them on a hike. I get a killer workout. And my kids like it because they're getting to hike. They're getting to be in nature. You know, they're with dad. And um, I, of course, am, am just getting killed trying to keep up with them. And I'll even make it harder by picking them up when they get tired and letting them take turns riding on my back or having me carry them over my head like a like a weighted sandbag. But basically what I'm getting at here is that the sky's the limit mm -hmm. when it comes to working out with your kids. And, um, you know, there, there are some people that think that kids are a barrier to working out. They want to get everything done in the morning before their kids get out of bed or at night after the kids go to bed. But I've found that I've been able to spend a great deal of quality time with my kids and get myself very fit in the process. So, you know, everything from double jogging strollers to bike trailers to any of the other tips that I just gave you, I highly recommend that folks work those in and um, work out with your kids. I, I pulled all three kids three miles today in a uh, <sighs> in a radio flyer wagon, and that was that was interesting. Yeah, that is, it's it's tough hauling kids. We we had the double bicycle stroller for a while, so yeah, um, it was it was really tough. Um, and and I remember my kids like we we don't I don't drag them in that anymore, um, just because they're too big for it now. But they used to just shout at us and shout at us as we were going up hills, go 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 faster faster. And it was like having these these tiny little mini bald personal trainers <laughs> in the back of your bike trailer. So um so yeah those those are those are good shall, ones. Shall we give shall we give folks a, a recap of yeah, our tips? Yeah. Perfect. Um, so you want to start or me or, uh, go for it. All right. So my, my five tips were the, the magnesium flake baths. So that's really calming to your kids and gives them that, that nice sort of rush of magnesium, the uh, noise activated noise machine so that you're not getting uh, white noise running all night and you, you still get sort of the soothing effects and the, the no sound masking effects that you get from those machines. The banana ice cream maker from Yonanas that becomes a base for all sorts of stuff. The, uh, Amazon subscribe and save service. So you can subscribe to all those different uh, products that you might otherwise have to spend time buying. And then the last one was those two websites, IFTTT and Zapier, which will help to automate an enormous amount of the things that you do on a regular basis for your family and your business. Sweet. And my five tips are rough house, wrestle and rough and tumble. 
use coconuts and coconut products frequently for your kids, especially for desserts. Outsource and get your kids a lot of books by outsourcing book purchases. Use essential oils and educate yourself on them. And, and we'll put all these resources in the show notes for you. And then work out with your kids. So there you go. Um, awesome. So the moment everyone's been waiting for, um, here we go. So Ari and I for the past three months have been working on a brand new online curriculum called double dad, the twin dad's ultimate guide to raising healthy and smart twins. And in this guide, kind of like what you just listened to today, but we go into Everything We go into how to bulletproof your kid's immune system to sleeping tips to holistic nutrition to tons more. Ari's like a genius with these productivity and money-saving hacks. I've honestly learned a ton from him the past three months just recording these these uh, videos and, and audios and, and transcripts that we're doing. Um, creating socially enhanced children, um, like pregnancy tips. We go into everything. Like it, it's pretty much the most comprehensive course that a dad could ever have access. Well, any, any parent could use this. We we're calling it the twin dad's ultimate guide to raising healthy, smart and successful kids, frankly, because we want to um, <laughs> differentiate it from all the other parenting products that are out there. <laughs> um, but it's called, it's called double dads and it's a Udemy course. Um, Ari, you introduced me to Udemy. Yeah. So I, I've, I've had all my courses on Udemy for a while now, and it's a really great online learning platform. And uh, I've just, it, it's, it's a great platform. It's, a, it's really, it's self-paced. You can, once you have access to it, you can access it forever and you can go through it as you want. You can download. So what we've done is we have the videos of us talking about all this stuff. Then we have just audio. And then we actually have the transcripts in PDFs of all the things that we talked about. And every lesson is, uh, has the resources that we talked about. I think we've got a total of 29 lectures. There's several hours. We really, we put a lot into this and we've been, as Ben said, we've been working on yeah. this for three months. And also it, this is not obviously just for people with twins. It's also not just for people who have kids. It's people who are thinking about kids or around kids or grandparents or aunts and uncles and yeah. singles, multiples. <laughs> we just happen to both have twins. So here, here's, here's the deal. Um, first of all, if you're listening or you're watching this on YouTube, um, your code that you can use this. The, first of all, it's, it's not an expensive course. It's 49 bucks. Um, we're giving you guys a $10 discount code that you can use on it. And the discount code that you can use over at udemy.com. That's U D E M Y udemy.com slash double dads udemy.com slash double dads. Your coupon code is podcast VIP. And if you use code podcast VIP, you get that entire course, uh, for 39 bucks. And it's, it, it really is. Um, we, we, we spat out all the knowledge that, that we've accumulated, that both of us have accumulated trying to, um, basically get our kids as healthy and smart and as successful as possible. And, um, we're, I don't, I don't know about you, Ari. I'm, I'm actually pretty dang proud of the course. I think it turned out really well. I am very so, proud of it. As I said, we put a and, lot of time into this and, and we covered a lot, including, uh, yeah. pregnancy and how to make them smarter and socially enhanced and fitness for them and fitness for you and productivity we really we we've covered a lot yeah 
Yeah. And, and we, we sat down um, this afternoon to record this for you uh, because it just went live this morning. So this, right. this course literally just launched. Um, so you're going to dig it. Uh, check it out at udemy.com slash double dads. If you're listening to this episode on, on my Ben Greenfield fitness.com website or on Ari's less doing.com website, um, we are also going to have um, some handy dandy show notes for you for the stuff that we went over um, today, which is kind of kind of new stuff. A little bit of it we covered in the course and, and a lot of this stuff is, is new. So it's almost like a little bonus episode for the course. So um, so that being said. I think that's about everything we wanted to cover. Did we get it all, Ari? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, check out the course. We'd love to hear feedback. And you can, and all, that's another thing, by the way. Once you get into the course, the, it has its own sort of built in question and answer thing. So, if there's questions that specifically come up on a specific video or a specific lesson that we talk about, you can actually ask it right there. And, you know, one of us will probably get in there and, and answer you personally. So, uh, yeah. it's, it's a really great value. And I think that it's the kind of thing that you could probably share with anybody you know who wants to help do better with their kids sweet yeah so check it out udemy.com slash double dads uh code podcast vip and um you can thank us when your kids are are 30 years old and you can retire because they're so successful and Absolutely. healthy so there you go <laughs> so uh, yeah, all right ben i just want to say it was really fun making the course with you so i hope people like uh, it thanks you get all teary-eyed now <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was it was fun too, Ari. So and and Ari and I even recorded a special video for you when we got together in Toronto a couple of weeks ago. So you get to see both of us in the same place. Exactly. So, so there with, you go. With steel um, drum music in the background. With steel drum music in the background. That's right, because we were in like a mall and a, a band was playing, but we we still we still banged it out. That's so um so thanks for listening, folks, and um best of luck uh with you and your kids. Take care.